You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani back with you. And unfortunately, as the Braves rolled into Boston, things did not go their way. And now they're going to be rolling right out after going 0 for 2 in a quick two-game set. The first one, not altogether that competitive. The second one, though, the Braves had a lead into the middle innings. It evaporated and they were unable to come up with a comeback that they very much needed and really had a chance for in the ninth inning. And we're going to talk about it all, unpack it all, as they say, after the Braves' 5-3 loss to the Boston Red Sox, which resulted in a two-game sweep at Fenway Park. Before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click that bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead and leave a like if you are so bold as to do that kind of thing after a Braves loss. And, of course, your comments are always welcome. Keep that going. Be sure you tell a friend. It helps us grow the channel. And make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, great to see you again. Unfortunately, we've seen something too often from the Atlanta Braves here in the second half. Uh, some questionable defense, not enough offense when they really need it in some games. And unfortunately for Spencer Strider, though he might have wanted to go further in this game, he was unable to deliver the Braves through the seventh inning. Been a frustrating second half, no doubt about that. Every team's going to go through these lulls throughout the season. It's just a little unfortunate the Braves going through it right now. But as we've said during the stretch, rather it happen now and before the trade deadline, so you know what the needs are, and Alex Gonzalez can go out there and address those if needed. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw that, and obviously we're getting into Pierce Johnson's debut with the Braves, some things that did not go well for him in this one. And of course, the seventh inning that started to slip away from Spencer Strider, where Brian Smithker had to make a decision. And I think based on some recent events for Spencer, this might have been the decision, love it or hate it. In hindsight, we can certainly debate the thing, but it ended up being what it was. Let's jump inside the line score and the box score of this one. The hundredth game of the year for the Braves were in triple digits. 62 of these things are left. Braves are 64 and 36. Uh, they had three runs on six hits, one error, five men left on base. Red Sox 55 and 47. They, unlike Atlanta, have been playing some pretty good baseball since the All-Star break. They're in a weird position, though, in the American League East, where every club is over 500. And the Red Sox have been kind of bringing up the rear for most of this year. Uh, they did not bring up the rear in the score of this game, though. Five runs, eight hits, an error, and five men left aboard for Boston. The winner is Joe Jakes in relief. He's two and one. Pierce Johnson took the loss, his Braves debut, not the way he wanted things to go. One and six now. And Kenley Jansen, he tried to kind of leave the door open for the Braves. They were unable to kick it down. In fact, they had a play that kind of unraveled a potential ninth-inning rally, which we'll talk about in a caught stealing. 22nd save of the year for Kenley Jansen. Two hours, 29 minutes time of game, 37,457 on hand at Fenway Park. Let's start things out with Spencer Strider. Then we'll get into the Braves offense, and unfortunately we'll get into the Red Sox offense in that ninth inning. I thought Spencer looked pretty good in this game, but as has been kind of a trend, and I know he's capable of, of, I'm sure, getting that seventh inning, maybe pushing beyond that at some point, but it seems like, Jake, for whatever reason, he seems to run into trouble, and that trouble is in the form of the long ball. This is not a thing we really saw as much of last year. We did not. This is definitely different territory for Spencer Strider. Only gave up, I believe it was seven home runs all of last year in 130 plus innings. And so, uh, again, something that, you know, is new to him, something he's going to have to figure out and adjust. And I'm sure that he will. But again, we've talked about this all year long with Spencer Strider. It's just, it feels like in these starts, he can be so dominant 
but yet you, you still feel like there's a little bit more at the end of these games. Like there's just something there that's missing for him. And you can kind of see it with that ERA over three, seven. I mean, that's not Spencer Strider. You look at everything else about Spencer Strider. He's one strikeout away from 200. going to break his own record of again, becoming the fastest player to 200 strikeouts in a season. It's all there. It just seems like, you know, the home run ball in particular, but also just that seventh inning last time out against the Diamondbacks thing, just all of a sudden, unraveled on him and I think you were alluding to I think that played a lot into this decision on Wednesday night gave up the home run to Casas and then had the single to follow that up as well and I think Snicker had to just make that decision do we want to see things play out the way they did last time and I think that that's the thing that you have to kind of look at I mean recently for Spencer I mean in his last start he was rolling into the seventh inning and then he ran into the trouble or that all that trouble against the Arizona Diamondbacks in a span of four batters. And it included a three run homer and back to back homers, a hit batsman, a stolen base and uh, a walk. And all these things were kind of coming apart. But when you see the tape measure home run out to dead center field, that kind of lets you know, OK, well, we need to take notice. And now what's going to happen after this? Then the base hit. You're in a close game. So I don't blame Brian Snitker for going to the bullpen. And, you know, we'll get into Pierce Johnson in a moment, but I just understand, and, and we all need to take a moment to understand, the Braves bullpen is not running it. It's optional functionality, and I don't think that that needs to be said every single night, but sometimes it bears reminding. I mean, we all know who's not out there, who's not available for him right now. So the sixth, seventh, and sometimes the eighth inning is going to be more of a mix and match with some names that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be throwing in high-leverage situations. But if you start playing the either-or game, I would invite you to tell me who exactly is supposed to throw where other than Rysel Iglesias in the ninth, Jake. And A.J. Minter, obviously, when he comes back in the eighth, and then it's going to be those sixth and seventh innings that you need to figure out whether it's going to be Ben Heller. Is it going to be Pierce Johnson, Kirby Yates, Joe Jimenez? I mean, they have guys for those roles. It's just they need some of those guys to step up, and Brian Snigger has got to try to figure out who can he trust in those moments. And I think here we are leading up to the trade deadline. I think we're still not – quite sure you even go to Kirby Yates who came in later gave up another home run something that he struggled with a lot this year to kind of extend that lead for the Red Sox so Braves Brian Snicker they're trying to to figure it out who is going to bridge that gap especially you know while they are injured right now without Mentor Steele and Dylan Lee who's working both of them working their way back who can they trust right there in those roles and they're just waiting on somebody to step up right now at this moment but you're right i don't know who else you're supposed to go to right. there uh so again it's not the best situation right now at the moment for brian snicker but somebody's gonna have to all of them are capable all of them yeah. have had good stretches this season somebody's just got to step up and be a little bit more consistent and when you have that lead going into the sixth seventh inning of ball games you got to be more confident that this bullpen can hold on to it yeah, and it seemed like that Joe Jimenez and Kirby Yates have both been pitching better. Then you lost A.J. Minter and Nick Anderson in a span of two days. Of course, Minter is out on his rehab assignment, tossed a scoreless inning for Gwinnett on Tuesday. You hope to have him back in the mix sometime soon. But I want to get into the Pierce Johnson you know, line items here because there were a couple of different things, unfortunately for him, that played a part in losing this game. But the line on Spencer Strider, six and a third innings, six hits, three runs, two of them earned on an error that – I don't know. I, I'm not sure I agree with it, but we can talk about that as well. One walk, 10 strikeouts, two homers, one to Rafael Devers that came in the sixth inning, and the one to Tristan Cases that came in the seventh inning. They kind of started to wave that first big red flag, I guess, for Brian Snitker to look at to start to decide what he wanted to do, and ultimately it was go to the bullpen with Strider at just 91 pitches. Johnson came in. 
Uh, Yu Chang had a hit. I would, I would call it an infield hit. The runner was going from first. Ozzy was at second. I think he was screened by the pitcher, which makes it a very difficult play. I know it hit him in the glove. You know, what a terrible place to get hit right in the hands. But it was, I think, a much more difficult play. And I'm surprised that in Fenway Park that that was not an infield hit. I think regardless of the park, it should have been an infield hit. But that doesn't really matter because how they got on is irrelevant as much as Justin Turner coming through with the big hit that gave the Red Sox the lead. But what did you make of all that? Because I thought it was a tougher play for Ozzy than to just call it an error. Uh, definitely a tough play, but I'm going to push back a little bit and say the plays that need to be made. And sure. that's what I think sure. has been one of the frustrating parts of this Braves kind of slide that they've been on after the break is just they're not making the plays on defense. You can go back to the game on Tuesday night. There's a ball that I thought maybe Ozzy could have got to to just prevent a run there. Obviously, Eddie Rosario's had a couple of games after, mm-hmm. after the All-Star breaks where some balls have dropped in front of him. So it's just the defense for me more than anything. The offense is going to come come around. I don't worry about that. The pitching, once they get healthy, I'm not worried about that. It's the defense a little bit at times that kind of has me worried the most right now about the Braves. It's, yeah, these are tough plays, but they're plays that need to be made and that good teams need to make to help your pitching staff out to get out of some of these jams. So, yeah, it's been a little tough and you're tough for Pierce Johnson in that situation. You know, you want him to come in his first appearance with the Braves, have a good one, hold down that lead. What a situation to have to come into for mm-hmm. your first appearance with the team. But uh, unfortunate for him. And the, pit, and the hit he gave up to Justin Turner, that's a slider. Yes, it was up, but it's off the plate away. Justin Turner is just really hot right now. The Red Sox, Red Sox in general are really hot right now, and he made a big hit. Yeah, he did, and Justin Turner's had more than a few big hits against the Atlanta Braves, and you're right. I mean, there's no disputing some of the defensive lapses and struggles that have you know, really combined to help the Braves or help the Braves, to hurt the Braves and cause them to have the record they have. I guess it's uh, helped to make all of the things that have gone wrong happen. I guess I'll say it contributed. There's the word I'm looking for. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the play on Ozzy tonight is just kind of a microcosm of a lot of things that haven't gone the Braves' way. And, you know, that's just, as you said, a play that, you know, if you make it, it's a totally different inning, that's for sure. And the Braves would have very much liked that, but it did not work out so well. Now, one thing that Ozzy Albies did do pretty well was hit a three-run homer earlier in the game against Brian Bello. It was the only three runs, though, Jake, that the Braves got in this one, and that was after just one run in the frustrating loss with an hour and 40-minute rain delay, the weird call in the first inning in the first game. Braves offense, as you mentioned, I'm not too incredibly worried about that. I do think they're going to get healthy pitching-wise, but it just seems like every little thing that could go wrong for Atlanta in the first, what, 10 or 12 games after the All-Star break has in some way, shape, or form on one of these nights seemed to go, go wrong, and several of these things seem to happen concurrently on the same night. It does. And you look at, you know, the Braves at the plate, and obviously we know how hard they hit the baseball. They had the seven hardest hit balls on the night, and a lot of those went for outs. A lot of that's because Bello has a good sinker and they were getting on top of those, but it just seems like, and I said this on the podcast on Wednesday as well, it seems like every ball the Braves hit is just foul, and every ball the other team hit is just fair. It just seems like it's been like that lately. And you talk about the plays the Braves don't make on defense, and then Verdugo makes a great catch on Austin Riley in the eighth inning. It just seems like it's in that kind of rut right now where it's the play the Braves don't make and it's the play the other team does make. You go back to that Diamondback series where the Braves made all those errors in that 16-13 game. Mm -hmm. Braves scored a lot of runs in that. They could have scored a lot more if the Diamondbacks didn't make a lot of great plays on defense. So it just seems like it's been that way lately where it's it's the play you don't make, the play the other team does make that is spectacular, and that's what's really you know been hurting the Braves right now, just things not – going their way they're not helping themselves either and again we're talking negatively because it's a it's a 
it's a loss and they've been losing more than we're expect we are used to them losing here lately it's a good team they're going to be okay but just in the microcosm here of what we're looking at just hasn't been good baseball flat you know plain and simple yeah, I mean, they're very much in the dog days of summer right now with some of the things we're seeing. You pointed out defensively, offensively, it's kind of a little bit more up and down than we saw for about a six- or seven-week stretch, which you had to at some point turn and ask yourself or, or, or a friend of yours, like, how long, I'll ask you, how long did you think that they could keep going yeah. doing what they were doing from June the 1st through basically the All-Star break? It was an incredible run for Atlanta playing at basically clicking on all cylinders and doing it despite – being without some key pitchers in particular in the starting rotation. But I think that some of this, particularly with the bullpen injuries, has started to catch up to them. But before we get all into that, which of course could be an episode in and of itself, we got to talk about the ninth inning. The Braves did have a chance. They got the Sean Murphy base hit. Uh, and then they had an opportunity uh, once Kevin Pillar got on base to uh, bring in Forrest Wall with runners at first and third and one out, everybody in the ballpark and everybody watching at home knows what Forrest Wall is on this team to do. That is steal second base. Kenley Jansen is not known to hold runners. And in fact, the success rate, if you go look at it, is pretty astronomically crazy, uh, you know, poor for Kenley Jansen. Wall, though, not a great jump, was a great throw. I'll give all the credit in the world of the Boston catcher. But for Forrest Wall, you talk about plays that need to be made, things that needed to go right that's a tough place to get caught stealing right there, and that's a play the Braves couldn't afford. It was, and look, Kenley Jansen, as Braves fans, knows very slow to the plate, but Connor Wong's really good at throwing out base runners. He's done that very well this year. It took a perfect throw. It was a perfect throw, but you're right. It's another situation where the Braves don't make the play and the other team does in a good situ- in a big situation like that. You know, RC ends up striking out. You never know how things are going to play out after the fact. But, you know, you could have been one batter closer to getting to Ronald Acuna Jr. as well with just another base runner there. So you knew he was going. Everybody, like you said, knew he was going. Just got to execute it. You got to steal that base there with Kenley Jansen on the mound. Maybe first pitch was a little bit too much of a tell. Yeah. But, heck, if, if you don't even get to Ronald Acuna Jr., you have to kind of wonder. I mean, Michael Harrison's June the 7th came into the day leading Major League Baseball in, in batting average, which, you know, for, as far as old baseball card stats, it's still a pretty good one. I would have liked to have seen him at least get his swings against Kenley Jansen with the tying runs on base. But as you mentioned, we'll never know. Uh, as we look at what's ahead for the Braves, I want to take a look at the standings. They have lost three out of what, or excuse me, they've uh, gone three and seven in their last 10 games. A 10-game lead now in the National League East standings over the Phillies, who have won their last two games, 10 and a half over the Miami Marlins. Max Fried did not make his rehab start on Wednesday due to illness. A.J. Minter, as I mentioned earlier, did make his rehab outing on Tuesday for Gwinnett, so a couple of guys to keep an eye on for sure. We'll talk about what's up next for the Braves, which is a trip home to see the Milwaukee Brewers. After I let you know, this episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Sleeper. If you want the chance to win more money with less picks, head over to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. As Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to an eight-pick contest. You can choose as many as eight players, as you like, and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats. Home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms for of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Check out the Atlanta Braves when they come home to Truist Park this weekend. They'll be playing the Milwaukee Brewers. It's been a long time since these two teams have faced one another. Uh, but seriously, Yanni Chirinos, the righty picked up off waivers from the Rays, will make his Braves debut 4-4 four and four on the year. Been kind of a spot starter, bulk reliever for Tampa Bay. Adrian Hauser on the mound. 
I'm interested to see how much of a run Yanni Chirinos gets, particularly the optioning of Michael Soroka. Let you know the Braves are still very much looking for help in the starting rotation. Options might have been what was working against Soroka, but uh, what do you make of Chirinos, and how do you like the fit, at least the idea of the fit for the Braves, at least in the short term, to try to figure some things out on the pitching staff, Jake? Yeah, this one is a bit questionable to me. I, obviously, the front office knows more than I do, but just looking at the numbers and the metrics for Chirinos, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense on paper. But again, they all know more than I do, so I'm interested to see what he can do for the Atlanta Braves. It's going to be a tough series. Brewers, as we just saw, are playing really good baseball. They just beat it, won another series against their divisional rival in the Reds, and they struck out 18 batters on Wednesday. So it's a really good pitching staff. So it's going to be a tough series for the Braves, but again, they got to get it going. They have the talent to do so. We know they will at some point, but you got Chirinos and then you got Elder, and we don't know on Sunday at this point. So these offensive bats are going to have to wake up and find ways to score without the long ball. They haven't really been able to do that a lot here lately. I will also uh, throw in, they could just hit a whole lot of home runs that's, that's and too. perhaps that could help them out either way. We'll take the runs however you can get them. As I've talked about many, many, many times on this show, and you already know what I'm going to say because you've done it with me, you can win ugly, you can't lose pretty. And for the Braves, I think that has been bearing out quite a bit here in the second half. Yanni Chirinos, Adrian Hauser, your pitching matchup, Braves and Brewers, game one of a three-game set on Friday, 7.20 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch at Truist Park. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Braves Postcast. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Locked On Sports Atlanta right here. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Click the bell to enable alerts. Get notified every time we drop a new episode. Hit the like button, share a friend, all of those things which help the show grow. And make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, a bad outcome for the Braves as the Red Sox come back for a 5-3 win and sweep the two-game set. Atlanta will try to get back on track on Friday night against the Brewers at Truist Park. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 